how's everybody doing out there? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Huddle, where I, your host, Greg, will take you on this journey while we talk about Week 11 football in the NFL, two games specifically. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Giants and the game of the Monday night century with the Chiefs at the Rams. But let's start off with the Bucks at the Giants first. Now, this was a game where you went in as a Giant fan and you felt like you did have a shot in this game if everything went according to plan. And you know what? If you watch this game, you begin to see what everything would look like offensively when the offensive line plays good. Because Jamon Brown, I'm not saying he's the key to the offense, but he may have been the missing link to solidify the interior of that offensive line because everything offensively for the Giants against the Buccaneers was working. I mean, the offense to me finally is looking like a Pat Shermer offense. The play variation, the double tight end, the commitment to the run, the play action, the bootleg action. You saw that all on display over the weekend. And another thing that you beginning you began or are beginning to see is that Eli under center, as opposed to being a shotgun every week, or I should say every play, is very productive. And the simple fact that week to week you could see Saquon Barkley playing getting a little bit more acclimated to the NFL and just week to week, play by play, getting better. He's just like a shoestring away from making that play happen. And that is also improving Eli's game. Because under center, now, A, the offensive line can block. B, you have a threat in Saquon Barkley where are they running or are they passing? And on play action with the first touchdown pass that Eli passed to Saquon Barkley, that was a little bit of athleticism there displayed by Eli Manning getting on the perimeter and passing the ball to Saquon Barkley. But I think the Giants offensively are learning how to win because this was the first game, in my opinion, the entire season where they played two halves of a of a good football game. I mean, they did it against the, the uh, 49ers, but they started off slow, and once it got going, it got going. But against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, the first three plays were three runs. That lets you know right there, this is the type of game it's going to be. It's going to be physical and it's going to be hard-nosed. But the defense, I mean, look, this game should have been a blowout. And the defense in the second half played so poorly that Jameis Winston coming in as the backup in the second half off the bench went 12 for 16 199 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. We're talking about like a couple drives in the second half. I think they let Fitzmagic start the first drive, didn't get any better, and they pretty much gave Winston a half. Now the defense, the defensive front, the run, I mean, do you want to say you're missing snacks? Yeah, you're missing, say, you're missing snacks right now. But... This is the team, or this is the front, this is the players that we have, and this is who you're going to go to war with, and this is what you have to do to be successful in the league now. Play with what you have. And that defense in the second half, I mean, for as good and as well as they've been playing all season, this was probably their poorest performance. I mean, they let up 
three touchdowns. They got, I don't want to say dubbed, but they let up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. This was a 38-35 victory by the Giants. I mean, let me see. In the third, but starting the second half, it was 24-7. to Everything clicking the Giants' way. And then in the blink of an eye, you're laughing, thinking, is this really happening? Is this game really getting to be that competitive? But I mean, look, one thing that the Giants need to address, which is what you're not seeing right now, is A, the pass rush, and more importantly, late game situations where in the way they were playing the uh, Buccaneers, Needing to pass rush because you know the only way the Bucks are gonna get back in the game is by the pass. I mean, I know you you, you cut um, JPP for salary, but you sure miss him and his sacks that he has out in Tampa because he introduced himself to Eli a couple times. But all in all, I don't want to sit here and say it was a bad game by the Giants because when you walk away with a victory, there's some good out of it. But another thing that I'm beginning to notice about Pat Shermer, the head coach of the New York Giants. He comes off like as a genuine coach, you know? I mean, you see a lot of these coaches, they're stoic. There's like the Bill Belichick where you don't know if he has to go to the bathroom or if he even knows what's going on. But he's a he's a great coach. He's a genius of a coach. And he has this he he knows exactly what's going on. He's just probably thinking 10 different things at the same damn time. But Pat Shermer, you could see. The way he interacts with his players, he brings them over, gives them a hug. He kind of gives them a little nod of confidence. Just he comes off as a type of coach where if you're a player, you want to play hard for him. You want to play hard for your boys, but you want to play hard for him. He just looks like he's not going to BS you and give it to you straight. I mean, look at a player like Corey Coleman. He was a first-round pick as a wide receiver. Been on I don't know how many teams, and this is, I think, his second year. He came into the Giants, probably was told, look, you were drafted in the first round thinking you were going to be a starting receiver. We're going to put you as a kick returner, and we'll take it from there. And what did he do on Sunday? He gave the Giants excellent field position. I mean, the addition of Corey Coleman and having him buy into his role on the team has been, I'm not going to sit here and say it's been fantastic, but it's, it's a pleasant surprise because now on Sunday, what you did see is getting the ball up around the 30 to 40-yard line. A couple of runs by Saquon Barkley. Now you're on the other side of the field. And now that opens up the playbook for play action and so on and so forth. But for all the fans out there, and I don't want to be a hater. I want to just talk logic and I want to talk things that make sense to me in my life. Let's just pause on the talk of the Giants making the playoffs with the injury that happened to the Washington Redskins with Alex Smith going down for the year. It's unfortunate. But look, the Giants are 3-7, and seven, I know. The, the Eagles, they're 4-5, and five, I know. The, the, the Cowboys, we all know what the rest of the division is. The point that I'm making is the Giants need to win a couple, this is the scenario for me that needs to happen. This upcoming week, week 12, Thursday night, Thanksgiving Day at 4 o'clock, 
the Dallas Cowboys need to beat the Washington Redskins. And I'll break it down to you right now. Why? Because as of today, the Washington Redskins are six and four. The Dallas Cowboys are five and five. The Eagles are four and six. I made a mistake before I said they're four and five. The Giants are three and seven. The Cowboys need to beat the Redskins so the Redskins can be six and five. The Giants would be six and five. The Giants, I'm sorry, I said the Giants, the Cowboys would be six and five also. The Giants need to beat the Eagles this weekend so they would be four and seven and the Eagles would be four and seven. The following week, what needs to happen? The Dallas Cowboys need to lose. So they'll be six and six. The Washington Redskins need to lose. They'll be six and six. And guess who comes into town to play your good old New York Giants? The Bears. So not only are the Eagles a challenge, you got Khalil Mack and them boys in that defense. The offensive line has improved, but let's just, hey, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey. Let's, let's just take a deep breath, okay? Because if they can win the next two games and go five and, and be five and seven, and the Cowboys split the next two games and be six and six, okay. Then you could start the entertaining. But as of now, pause. Because let's not be emotional. Let's not act like when we were one and seven, what everybody was saying about Eli Manning and all of those things of that nature. I firmly still believe that the quarterback needs to go and move into a direction of a younger player. But Eli has proved that, you know what, if you want to bring in a player to groom, that's still a reality. But you still need to get younger at that position. Being 38, winning 38-35, you also got to work on that D too. But let's swing, let's shift gears, and let's talk about to the game where actually I thought in the third quarter I was going to be able to fall asleep to this game. And this was the game where you would doze off during commercial break, wake up when the game came back, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, when you talk about Madden, this was literally a madness game. I mean, the final score was 54 to 51. The first time ever in NFL history, two teams have scored 50 points in the same game. Over 1,000 yards of offense, 105 yards of points. Both teams had 15 drives apiece. And for all of the, 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 the people that talk about turnovers, the Chiefs had five turnovers, possessed the ball, I would say, I don't know, maybe a minute less than the Rams, and still in the last seconds of the game had an opportunity to kick a game-tying field goal. I mean, look, when I was watching this game, I said, this is going to be an opportunity for Pat Mahomeboy to be on the main stage and for everybody to see why he's so good. But I think that the Kansas City Chiefs losing this game, he probably lost a shot at getting the MVP, him being his first year starting. It might go to Drew Brees. But him passing for 478 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, he did have three interceptions, two fumbles. 
The five total turnovers led to 21 points for the L.A. Rams. But just keep in mind, a first-year starter, okay, 9-1 record coming into this game, playoff ramifications huge for both teams and both divisions, huge stage in terms of Monday Night Football. And, I mean, this guy was grabbing the ball and walking up and down the field, and whenever he would throw an interception, let's go. Get me the ball back, let's go. Fumble, scoop score, let's go. Get me the ball back, we're going to score. I mean, you talk about running backs when you have Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley in this game. I'm sorry. This game was all about the receivers. You had Tyreek go 10 receptions, 215 yards, and two TDs. Travis Kelsey, 10 receptions, 127 yards, and a TD. And Chris Conley, 7 receptions, 74 yards, and two TDs. I mean, the Los Angeles, that, it was more spread out on their end where Brandon Cooks was the only receiver to go over 100 yards with eight receptions for 107 yards. But, I mean, when you look at how the league is going, high-scoring, explosive, ability to score wherever and whenever you are on the field, I think is where the league is going. They don't. When you look at how you can't touch receivers, they don't want these guys hitting each other and being that physical and head-to-head contact. They want to limit that as much as possible. What you saw on Monday Night Football is where the NFL is going, and I'm confident in saying at some point there will be a 60-point, if not a 70-point game. Because last night... It was 23 up at half. No, 24-23, I believe, at half. And I'm sorry, but the quarterback position now has evolved to where you need to be a smart, athletic quarterback. Running backs? Last night, I'm not saying you didn't have good running backs. You did have two all-world all running backs in Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley. But last night it wasn't their game to play. They 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 were they were on the back burner where these quarterbacks, Jared Goff, he went off for 413 yards and four touchdowns. It was a, the quarterbacks last night. It's a quarterback leading, and that's what you saw. I mean, Gurley had 55 rushing yards, no touch, rushing touchdown. Kareem Hunt, 70 rush yards, but no rush touchdown. And yet Kareem Hunt had a receiving touchdown. Right? So it's all about the receivers. It's all about the quarterback. And defenses need to change. And I'm sure they know this, and I'm sure that's why the linebacker position has been so minimized. I mean, right now you can see in that game the emphasis has to and must be put on the defensive line, edge rushers, and guys that can get to the quarterback. Because secondary-wise, it doesn't matter how good these defensive backs are. They're calling holding if you touch them after five yards. Tyreek Hill, if you just let him get one step, he gone. There was one play where it was a 10-point lead, 73-yard touchdown pass, and all of a sudden it's back to within three, and a defender just slipped on a move by Tyreek Hill. And when you got teams that are loaded, like the Kansas City Chiefs, who, how can you run a defense where 
you got to worry about Kareem Hunt running and catching the ball. Tyreek Hill, you got to worry about trick plays and him burning you for a 73-yard touchdown pass. And Travis Kelsey roaming around the middle. And don't let him get matched up with your linebacker one-on-one. The Rams didn't do that. They put a defensive back on him. But it just feels like the secondary now is more of a bend-but-don't-break philosophy. Don't let the guy get behind you. Once he catches the ball, just get him down. But it's all about the defensive line. I mean, the biggest defensive plays last night were made by the defensive line. You had a, you had a, a strip sack score by the Kansas City Chiefs. You had two strip sacks by Aaron Donald and a scooping score. And you had a, a outside linebacker, a outside linebacker, but on that play, he was an edge rusher, had a deflected pick six off of Pat Mahomes. So, I mean, right now, if you're building a defense, for me, the way it looks, it has to be you got to get guys that can get to the quarterback and get guys in the secondary that are at least capable and athletic enough to stick with the with the receiver for a short amount of time. But speaking of my man, Pat, Pat Mahomes, boy, I mean, he did have six touchdown passes, but five turnovers. He lost, and to me, True great players always win the big game. But for him to be this at this point, for it to be the biggest game in his career, and for the way he was going toe-to-toe, not backing now, he didn't have that I'm scarred look in my eyes. He had that give me the ball back, I got you. You could see the greatness in him. He didn't flinch. He didn't look worried. He just had that I got you, give me the ball back. And look at the Chiefs' two losses this year. They're 9-2. Their first loss was at the Patriots. Remember that one? When they were also down by double digits, and they wound up losing by three, 43-40 in another shootout. This one at the Rams, down 13 early, and lost this one in a shootout, 54-51. So you know what this tells me? A, don't let the Chiefs get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. B, if you want to beat the Chiefs, you got to be able to run with the Chiefs because they're putting up points. And if you can't put up points with them, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. Because when I look at the Chiefs and the Rams, and teams like the Chiefs, the Rams, I look at the um, New Orleans Saints, even the Patriots, those are teams offensively that can attack all areas of the field within any formation, any down and distance at any point in the game and can take it to the house. Does defense win championships anymore? I mean, I don't know. Because last night, there were defensive plays made and the two interceptions late. Those were more Pat Mahomes forcing plays to be made because it was under a minute and he was trying to get his team at the field goal position. I'm not saying defense doesn't win championships, but what I am saying is, man, after last night, whew, it's looking like I might want to put a little Bitcoin stock into offense. Because when you look at the Giants, you can see why sometimes Beckham gets frustrated. I'm not saying that the Giants are offensively better than the Chiefs, but when you look at what the Giants have in Ingram, Shepard, Beckham, and Barkley, 
No, it's not as good as Kareem Hunt, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. But it's not that far off. You get your quarterback, you never know. That was definitely an exciting game. Something where it was, I'm sitting there laying in the bed, dozing off, and I keep hearing, what an amazing place, another touchdown. And I was mad, man. But it was one of those games where it was like you just couldn't not take your eyes off. Fantastic game. Fantastic game. Uh, thank you, guys. As we come to, an e- to the end of this episode, thank you for letting me have the opportunity of entertaining you for a little bit over 20 minutes now. And I want to end this episode with a positive quote. And for today's positive quote, it is, if you don't build your dreams, someone will hire you to build theirs. If you don't build your dreams, someone will hire you to build theirs. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.